Welcome to Mike Check 1212. We might talk about sophisticated tax strategies. We might talk about aliens. Either way, I hope your coffee's hot. All right, let's talk family cottage for a little bit. So this is what I call the capital gains problem on the family cottage. The number one reason that families can't pass down the cottage to the next generation, to the kids, is because the capital gains taxes are too high and too unaffordable to pay. So what usually happens is grandma and grandpa bought the cottage 20, 30 years ago for a lot less than it's worth today. And although the appreciation in value is fantastic, that also comes with a tax bill and that's a capital gain. So a lot of families don't realize just how big of a capital gain they're facing on the cottage when they go to pass this down. And unfortunately that causes massive, you know, financial problems where the family just can't afford uh, to pay the, the capital gains taxes. So they're going to be forced to sell it, maybe remortgage it, take out loans. Like it, it gets ugly. So you want to be aware of this issue to plan for it. Cause there's cheap ways to come up with the money that you're going to need anyways to pass this down and there's solutions for it, but you just don't want to be caught off guard thinking you can just do it on a tax free basis, pass everything down and there's no, deemed this position or taxable implication. So I'm going to give you an example here. Let's say you buy your family cottage, however many years ago for $700,000. It's currently worth 1.3 million. This person currently has a $600,000 capital gain on this cottage as of today. So total cap gain of 600,000, 50% of that becomes taxable. So that equals 300,000. And in the year of death, this person would have that 300,000 added to their final income tax bill. Assuming you're in the 50% tax bracket, they're going to owe $150,000 as of today to pass this cottage down. Um, and that's a big problem. And a lot of people don't realize, again, how big of a tax bill they're going to face to uh, pass the cottage down. So to look at the kind of the same scenario again, purchase price, current value, cap gain. Let's flash forward 10 years because this is only as of today. And you only need to be concerned about the tax bill when you pass away, you don't owe the money previous to that. So let's just say in another 10 years at 5% growth, what would this $1.3 million cottage be worth uh, in 10 years? And that equals over $2 million. So roughly $2.1 million. This family cottage is now worth in 10 years, growing at 5% year after year. So that brings the capital gain now to 1.4 million. So you take the 2.1 minus the purchase price, and there's things you can do to kind of minimize that gap if you've done renovations on the cottage and, and you know, a few things like that. But this is conceptually speaking, you're going to have a bigger capital gain. The more the cottage itself increases in value, your tax bill is going to increase. So now in this scenario, 1.4 mil capital gain, 50% becomes taxable. So $700,000 is added to your income taxes. And that means you'd owe at a 50% tax bracket, $350,000 to pass this cottage down in 10 years, if it was worth $2.1 million. So the tax bill, as you can see, is just going to get bigger as the years go on, as the cottage continues to increase in value. So the question is, if you want to keep this cottage, what are your options to pay the tax, right? And I'm going to start with the most expensive, worst ways you can do it all the way down to the cheapest. And I would say the worst way you could ever consider paying any tax bill for that matter, but especially on the cottage is relying on your registered investment money, your RSPs or your RIF. You would have to keep $700,000 aside, not touch it 
in your RSP or RIF. Uh, so when you pass away, it's pretty much 50% taxable. You're going to lose half in taxes just to net the 350. So terrible, terrible idea. Don't do that. But a lot of people think they want to rely on their registered money and they don't realize how much of a tax bill they're going to have on their RSPs or RIFs as well. Number two, you could sell a property. Maybe you have another property you want to sell to get some liquidity to pay the, the tax bill. Most people that I talk to who acquire properties throughout their lifetime, they don't necessarily want to sell the property or be forced to sell properties to keep the rest. They pretty much have grown their real estate empire and they want to keep that for their kids and grandkids. So that might not be exactly ideal. And then number three is just cash. Maybe you have 350 cash sitting in a checkings account. You could tell your executor, listen, take this money to pay the tax bill in the cottage. And technically that's true. You have paid the tax bill, but I would argue that using cash to pay a tax bill owed in your estate is a very expensive way of doing so. There is a cheaper way. And the cheaper way is going to be a life insurance policy. And I'm going to be talking about whole life insurance, not term insurance. So permanent life insurance that lasts forever. It doesn't expire. It comes with an investment inside it as well. So this is a couple in their fifties getting a joint last to buy policy for $350,000 starting from day one. Um, insurance is going to be at least 50% cheaper than cash, depending on your age and health, that all that sort of stuff. This is conceptually speaking, but it's going to be the cheapest option. It's going to save you the most money. So premiums would be give or take say six grand a year buys a couple $350,000 of whole life insurance. Okay. So you're putting in six grand a year for this. Let's say they pay for 17 years. So why 17 years seems a little random. Most policies are paid off after 20 years. You even have the option to pay it off even sooner than that. Let's just say they chose to pay for 17 years, which is just over a hundred thousand dollars. So they put in about 102, but they got a $350,000 policy. So they're, you know, if you do the difference between that, you're pretty much saving $250,000. Now, what's interesting is the cash value in that 17th year could be, you know, it's going to be more than what you put in, but it could be upwards of 120, $130,000 sitting in cash value that you can use at any point. Um, and you don't have to wait to the 17th, 17th year to use it. But just to show you as an example, the year you've done paying this policy, you've actually made money on your life insurance policy, which is an asset. It goes in your balance sheet. It increases your net worth. It's just like a stock portfolio or anything like that. So the funny thing is, and I kind of half joke about this, but if I call this insurance capital gains tax insurance, I think a lot more people would be interested in it, but they hear the term life insurance and they think, Oh, you know, I don't need that. Or it, that's too expensive or something like that. And whenever I hear that that's too expensive, the point of insurance is to cover a massive need. So you literally are putting in a small amount of money relative to the amount you need. In this example, you need $350,000, but you're only putting up just about a hundred thousand dollars. So that's how insurance always works. Even if you're thinking about house insurance, your house is worth a million bucks. You're not paying a million dollars for your house insurance. You're putting in a small fee per month relative to the million dollars you're going to need. If your house burns down, same with car insurance, same with any type of insurance, you're putting money into a pool. And if someone, or if you need a large chunk of money in that pool, there's enough resources where people can sporadically take out large chunks, even though they've only been putting in small amounts. So that's the theory behind insurance and life insurance, where you put in, you're basically pre-buying a future amount of money you know you're going to need at a significant discount today. So if we look at this in a different light, 
you have the tax bill of 350, you could put in twice as much into the RSP, you could pay it in cash, or you put in about 100 grand in premiums, you have more in the cash value, you end up with the life insurance anyways, and then the difference between what you put in in premiums to what the insurance payout is, that's pretty much what you save. So this person just saved basically a quarter of a million dollars by buying life insurance. So the more you buy, literally the more you save, if they were to do cash, even if you had 350 in cash, I would say, then why don't you just take a hundred of that, put that aside, slowly pay into a life insurance policy and take the other 250 and go spend it during your lifetime. Like don't keep all this money to the side just for the sake of paying this tax, but when there's a much more efficient way to do so. So this is the family cottage capital gains problem. This is a very cost effective and strategic solution to come up with that money. It's going to allow you to not only save money on the tax bill, but keep the cottage. I mean, that's the goal. You want to keep the cottage, keep it in your family, see the grandkids grow up, that sort of thing, and uh, have a couple Coronas while you're at it. Thank you for listening. I sincerely appreciate it. It looks like your coffee's getting a little cold. You might want to go heat it up.